Hi guys, you are tuned to the Nudge Podcast and I'm your host, Christine Dorito. Welcome to the Nudge Health Podcast. Uh, this is um, the first episode of year two. And that tells you we have already turned one year. So before I went on a break, because we have not been uh, sharing new episodes uh, throughout September, we had celebrated one year and I'm very happy that we get to start off year two. So, yay! So before I start uh, today's episode, I want to make uh, a few notes. And uh, the first is, this is not a women's podcast because the information we share here is information that fits everybody unless... It's very specific that we are just talking to for this particular episode we are addressing the women then this information is suitable for everyone and i say this because i noticed that in the last year we've only had male guests and this uh, that was not by design yeah that was not by design at all it just happened that when i was looking for an expert women were mostly proposed and they were also available okay but I am intentionally looking for male guests, so you can be sure that uh, in the episodes to come, we are going to have more, more men featuring, yeah? Okay, so note number two is that we are going to be having an episode every Thursday, and the intention is to make this episode as valuable as possible, providing you useful content, things that can help you to you know, adopt a healthier behavior and to just make little but continuous and consistent behavior changes. And to do to do this also, uh, you need to follow our socials. That's on Instagram. If you're on Facebook, you can follow us on Facebook. And it is at the Nigel Podcast on across our social media. Because also here we are having like daily bites of information, which will be very, very useful. So even as you look forward to the Thursday podcast episode, you can be learning something throughout the week. So go ahead on Instagram, Facebook, um, at least those we are very active. Uh, you can be able to get information that is a uh, smaller bias of information that is just as useful and as valuable. And then you need uh, the note number three is do give us feedback uh, on the podcast that you listen to because this helps others to find it and also it helps me to know what else do you want to know what other information would you need and you can leave this feedback uh, via audio on whatever platform you're using to get your podcast or you can also leave your feedback on uh, social media through the socials through instagram uh, through Facebook, whichever one you prefer. And uh, lastly, sharing is caring, okay? So the goal of this podcast is to help as many people get factual and evidence-based information about nutrition and health and to be able to translate this information to action. Now, you have probably noticed by now that there is a big focus on, on the, the chronic conditions which are largely preventable. So the idea is to be able to prevent these diseases. And prevention, again, is not just not having the disease, but also in case you have it, how do you manage it so that you don't get to suffer the consequences or the complications associated with that particular condition? So 
it helps that you share this because the more people get access to this information the more we are impacting uh, more people and ultimately the more we are going to be able to achieve our objective of changing behavior and providing people with the tools necessary to be able to translate the information that we provide into practice yeah because again it's not enough that you learn you also need to put what you learn into action and yeah i think that's about it from housekeeping <laughs> so on today's business today i want to talk about intermittent fasting hey, i'm talking about intermittent fasting no i mean intermittent fasting and i'm going to refer to it a lot as if but basically what I'm talking about is intermittent fasting. So how many of you have tried intermittent fasting? I wish I, wish I could say by a show of hands. <laughs> and uh, I ask this because I know this is a season where, and uh, this one is for ladies especially. Many ladies right now are, are looking for the body to pull off the holiday look you know it's christmas is coming you're going to be traveling so there's just this whole hype of uh there needs to have this body but again besides the body there's also the thing about people preparing for christmas there, there, there are a lot of peculiar habits and um i think this is one of them where we start now preparing for how like because we want to indulge in, in december so we tone it down now <laughs> uh, so that we have quote-unquote capacity uh, to indulge in December. Well, we will have a conversation about that on a different episode. But so today I'm talking about intermittent fasting. And why I have is because so recently a friend of mine texted me and she was asking me, she had concerns about uh, why she's feeling the way she's feeling because she started IF. And so she was feeling dizzy and she was having a headache and now she was like, okay, what's going on? So let's start off with uh, just uh, defining or explaining what IF is. So now intermittent fasting, it's, it's, it's an eating plan or a practice that is usually premised on when to eat. So it mostly involves switching between periods of not eating, which is what we call fasting, and then periods of eating, but also eating on a on a particular kind of schedule okay now first uh let me say that intermittent fasting is not a new concept okay uh, in prehistoric times you know before humans learned to farm and domesticate and all that when we were hunters and gatherers uh, at that time humans evolved to survive and drive for long periods of time without food and this was because you see, when you go to hunt and gather, it takes time. So it took a lot of time. It took uh, a lot of energy as well. And so the bodies had to, like they had gotten used to having to go for long periods or even several days without eating, at least until they get the, the next catch. Like they, they, they have a find and now they can eat. So that basically... Uh, forms like a, a basis or a history of the intermittent fasting and ideally we are not meant to be eating throughout yeah we're not meant to be constantly eating which is a thing that has become you know like the norm nowadays uh you eat you're bored you eat 
you're tired, you eat. <laughs> if you're hungry, you eat. Technically, you should eat when you're hungry, but not when you're feeling all these other things. So imagine if you're someone who's eating three meals and two snacks, and then there is no activity because I mean you're not going hunting, neither are you gathering. Like lifestyles have changed, so we have more of a sedentary lifestyle, more of um, less activity, and so. If this is what you're eating throughout, or if you're constantly, you have your three meals, you have snacks, and there is no physical activity, then basically what, what, what that means is that your body never gets to use what is in store. Because you are eating, you're using what you're eating. But our bodies can only draw on pastors uh, for energy when we are not in a fed state, okay? So the ideal should be having at least two to three meals which are planned within your which are planned within your day ideally we speak of having uh you know like your meal spread out uh through your day and mostly it's because during the day you have an opportunity to be active yeah this is the premise of not eating too much at night because when you eat a lot at night then what are what else are you planning to do at night mostly sleep so there is no room for you to uh, use what you have taken in all right so that's the basis of IF so let's break it down so IF normally takes different forms okay so there is what we call the time restricted feeding and this is where you restrict feeding to a specific number of hours per day and usually this is between 4 to 10 hours and then you don't eat for the rest of the day but you're not you're not you don't restrict your calories during the time that you're eating Okay. So an example would be uh, like a daily approach where you restrict eating to only 6 to 8 hour period. So maybe you can say I'll eat for 8 hours and fast. Okay, or rather not eat for 8, not exactly eat for 8 hours, like you eat within 8 hours. So say I'll eat between say 9 and 6 o'clock and then after 6 or after 7 I'll not have anything. Okay, now that is the, day, the time restricted fasting. So then the other, uh, the other type of uh, IF is alternate day fasting. Now this involves having a feast day which is alternated with a fast day. And on the fast day, you are limited to having uh, 500 calories in one meal. Okay. And then there's also a modified um, version of an alternate day fasting. It's called the 5 history 2 diet. So which involves 5 feast days and 2 fast days per week. For example, you can eat every day of the week except Mondays and Thursdays. And on those Mondays and Thursdays, you have only one meal and that meal can't be any more than 500 calories. Does that make sense? So yeah, so that is the alternate day fasting in which um, a fast day where 500 calories are consumed in one meal and the other days where you can eat like without restriction and then we have the fasting for up to 24 hours which is once or twice a week uh, with free food intake on the remaining days okay and now the 24 hours of course this is now prolonged fasting which i will talk a little bit more about later on so what do we know about intermittent fasting now um studies have shown that iaf is generally a safe diet therapy uh, with numerous benefits 
So IF primarily works by fooling the body into eating less. So unlike what many people may have thought, like IF doesn't really cause disordered eating, no. Neither does it negatively affect metabolism unless you are fasting for too long, which is why I said I'll mention about this prolonged fasting. 24 hours and beyond, I'll mention a little bit more about that later on. So there are suggestions that IF may help to mitigate uh, the constant hunger that's normally associated with uh, energy restriction diet whose appearance has been shown to decline one to four months and results into significant weight regain. And this is common. Like we've seen people who especially, and this is the thing about those crash diets where you are so calorie deficit, like you really, really limit your carbs or your calorie intake and you lose a lot of weight within a very short time, but then the tendency to regain that weight is usually very high. So this is the thing. So uh, the researchers are suggesting that that IF can come to fill in that that gap of you don't have to do the extreme calorie restriction because then you know that yo-yo thing you lose weight drastically but you gain it all back but IF helps in the sense of that you don't have to feel that extreme hunger that comes with a, a very strict calorie uh, deficit and so you are able to sort of bring about that balance okay so let's talk about the positive effects of IF. So research again has shown that intermittent fasting periods do more than just burn fat. Okay. So there's a guy called Matt, Mark Matson, and he's a neuroscientist at John Hopkins. And he says that when changes occur with um, the metabolic switch that comes from IF, it affects the body and the brain. So basically when there's a metabolic switch, it affects not just your body but your brain as well. And in one of his research publications, he notes that there's an association between IF and a range of health benefits including a longer life, a leaner body and a sharper mind. This he says that uh, when you are practicing IF, that uh, whatever happens during that uh, or as you're practicing IF, it can protect organs against chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes, heart diseases, the age-related neurodegenerative disorders, and uh, inflammatory bowel disease, and also many cancers. And uh, these benefits, like the, the diabetes, these have been mirrored in very many other studies. And so there's a study uh, that is titled Intermittent Fasting and Metabolic Health. And this study was published early this year, uh, this year being 2022. So in the beginning, early this year, this study was published and it has shown positive effects on weight loss in addition to reducing insulin resistance and shifting favorably the levels of leptin and adiponectin. Now these two, leptin and adiponectin, they are they are they are they are hormones that are derived from the adipose tissue. Okay, and these hormones are usually associated with the glucose metabolism. So leptin levels are directly associated with adipose tissue mass, while adiponectin they are downregulated by obesity. So what this means is. When you have higher adipose tissues, which is basically the body fat, this results in an elevated leptin levels. And then when you have higher body fat mass, 
then the adiponectin levels go lower they decrease now on the other hand when lower when leptin levels are low it basically means they are generally a reduction of the fat mass and if there is a reduction in the fat mass then there is a, a, an increase in adiponectin levels and so you can see like these two basically work together they interchange when one is higher and then the other one goes lower and what happens is this these two are linked to the to the body fat, fat mass fat mass yeah to the body fat mass okay and that is why they are indicators in uh, in obesity and they have they also used as as uh, biomarkers in also other conditions and these are condition, conditions that have also also have an association with obesity like cancers like cardiovascular diseases so yeah so basically IF has been shown to improve the balance between these two hormones but also these lower adiponectin levels are also associated with a type 2 diabetes and central fat distribution this is what we call central obesity and also atherosclerosis atherosclerosis is the build up of plaque in the blood in the blood vessels yeah so fat deposits around your blood veins and so they become lower i mean thinner and thinner because of accumulation of of fat within the vessels and so uh, that could result in high blood pressure it could it could result in a blood clot it could result in strokes so yeah and so based on uh, how this the, the me this mechanism of these hormones and the fat tissues it is uh, IF has been associated with an improved distribution of central fat so the IF because of how this mechanism works it has been shown to sort of help with managing central obesity now in preclinical and clinical studies IF has demonstrated a wide range of benefits for many diseases again these chronic conditions obesity type 2 diabetes hypertension and also in improving the cardiovascular risk factors cardiovascular is basically heart diseases so the risk factors that contribute to this so for people with obesity IF has been shown to produce significant weight loss and improve several markers of metabolic health and according to a study which is titled cardiometabolic benefits of intermittent fasting and this was published last year that is 2021 all forms of fasting you remember the fasting that we talked about earlier on the time restricted fasting the alternate day fasting so according to this particular study all of these fastings help in weight loss but more specifically there are some that have produced mild weight loss and others have performed better but overall they have benefited the health of individuals by decreasing blood pressure and insulin resistance lowering cholesterol and triglyceride levels and improved appetite regulation and also positively altering the gut microbiome okay so according to this study the time restricted fasting produced at least 3% weight loss now this is the least weight loss and this is a clinically not considered significant so to speak so i will explain this further but uh, as it is currently the studies do not really show 
the time restricted firstly as very beneficial as far as weight loss is concerned however alternate day fasting is has was shown to result in weight loss of three to eight percent of body weight over three to eight weeks and this results peaked at 12 weeks okay it was also observed that for individuals who are on alternative day fasting they typically tend not to overeat or binge on feast days which resulted in mild and moderate weight loss at the same time in other studies alternating alternate day fasting participants have reported satisfaction and fullness which is critical because many diets fail and are sustainable because of this dissatisfaction with diet restrictions and this we mentioned in the calorie restriction yeah most people most times people will fall off the plan because of the feeling of hunger and uh, so in this alternate day fasting guys felt they were happier they were more satisfied and so they do not feel the need to get off the plan now this cardiometabolic benefits of intermittent fasting study again showed that you remember what we talked about the 5 is to 2 diet the 5 2 diet which is also an alternate day these people enjoyed uh, as a weight loss similar to 3 to 8% of body weight so this is interesting because the former had fasted less frequently than the latter okay so i think that goes to tell you that uh, with the the modified the modified fasting it sort of like just produces a similar similar result like just the alternate day so however way you decide whether you're going to do the five is to two or you're just going to do a day and alternate a day and alternate basically that whole alternating process it was shown to to result in a three to eight percent weight weight reduction now these two the alternate day fasting and the five is to two diet or five two diet have been shown to be able to maintain an average of seven percent weight loss for a year okay okay so then if you were to think about intermittent fasting what factors would you need to consider well first like my friend you need to consider the adjusting time so usually when you had just started uh, intermittent fasting you expect some symptoms and these include irritability having headaches uh, there's dizziness constipation being lethargic uh, sometimes an inability to concentrate but again this uh, these are uh, side effects will mostly last a week or two so after that they subside now this effect not everybody is going to experience them some people actually end up feeling stronger when they fast while others are feeling all these things so it's not uh, like guarantee that everybody feels this but then if you do it is expected but experts have shown that those people who who are able to go through that adjustment period and they stick to the plan they are more likely to see it through because they notice they always feel better like after you've gone through that period of transition or that period of adapting and adjusting you're most likely to see the plan the way you want but also what you can do during that time to be able to help you feel a little bit uh, a little better or to to manage the side effects you can take plenty of water 
you can also engage in moderate uh, moderate high intensity physical activity so it's okay for people or somebody who's fasting to exercise if anything when you're in a fasted state then you are uh, and then you engage in physical activity then you're able to use the stored up energy and so it is recommended that uh, you exercise when you're fasting and of course you have to listen to your body because sometimes your body communicates so if you feel that you are not able to go to probably high intensity then that's okay you can slow down but bottom line is you do need to be physically active yeah moderate high intensity and you can plan these exercises depending like for example if you have been fasting like a, an all night then it would be ideal to exercise in the morning and so that like now right after the workout you can break your fast okay because you need to be planning to have a, a post-workout meal so it's, a, it's a, the ideal thing would be planning your physical activity towards the time when you are breaking about to break your fast so that again you do not have to go for too long when you have not eaten and you also want to exercise when you have been fasting for some time because again if you just um, exercise right after you've eaten then what will happen is that you're not going to be using what is stored instead you're going to be using the energy that you have just taken in so there needs to be that balance right now another factor you need to consider is what to eat so you know how we say that on the days you're fasting you're free to eat like yeah, it's unrestricted well that doesn't mean or rather eating normally doesn't mean going crazy you know it doesn't mean eating whatever whatever whenever you know it's not that so you have to practice mindful eating and mindful eating also includes being intentional about the food that you choose so ideally you need to be eating more of the complex carbohydrates and these are the whole grains the domas and guashes, I mean sweet potatoes and arrowroots, and basically those kind of whole foods. Uh, we have vegetables, we have plant-based proteins, the lentils and the like. And also even as much as you're going to eat meat, you have to choose lean meat and then you have to go by healthy fats. And this is where avocados come into play, yeah? <laughs> Of course, and nuts and the like. So basically, you have to be intentional about what you're eating. You have to be very picky or very um, choosy in not eating just whatever. Because it's big purpose. If you're, especially if your point of your objective is to lose weight, then you're not going to lose weight if all you're having is, is junk. Yeah, It doesn't matter that you're fasting, but if what you're feed, feeding your body doesn't add value, then... Or it's just another thing of just giving you calories, then you really aren't helping yourself. Then thirdly, the other thing that you need to consider is your alcohol intake and of course and caffeine. Now of course, these things need to be kept to a minimum. Now, uh, usually what happens with a lot of people who are doing IF, there is a lot of coffee intake. I don't know what the belief is and I don't know what the reasoning behind coffee intake is. But what you need to know is that coffee doesn't give your brain energy. Okay? Food does. Yeah? It's food that feeds your brain, not coffee. All that coffee does is block the neurotransmitters in your brain 
and um, that is basically to tell your brain that you're not tired so you can't be giving coffee to your at your feeding your brain you're not feeding your brain and what you what is going to happen is if you take too much coffee then you end up messing your nervous system and one of the ways that that will exhibit is anxiety because you become overly anxious and there are many many other things that happen with high uh, doses of coffee so and you need to limit and it's not and caffeine is in many other things and not just coffee so you need to limit your intake of coffee and the other things that have caffeine okay so then should you try intermittent fasting well i'm going to say a few things and the first thing i'll say is this fasting has a potential to be dangerous okay and this is especially true if one you do those you know the prolonged fasting you remember i talked about um, the 24 hours 36 hours there are people who do 48 hours 72 hours those fastings are not necessarily better for you okay they might even be dangerous in the sense of you're going to be going too long without eating I mentioned earlier that you may end up affecting like ideally IF will not affect your metabolism but in this case when you're fasting for too long it might because what will end up happening is your body might translate this into starvation and so what happens is instead of using it starts storing more fat in response to your starvation so that is one that is one of the ways how uh, rather prolonged fasting may affect so one is that you may increase storage rather than loss, which is your objective is to lose. So number two is because you're under eating, this also means you're basically not eating enough of anything. You're not eating enough of proteins, you're not eating enough of micronutrients, either enough of vegetables, fruit, whatever. You're basically not eating enough. So what that then that means is you're also not getting other nutrients. It's not just the calories, you're not getting other nutrients. And so you could end up suffering more damage you could do more harm to your health than good so as far as this prolonged fasts fasts go they are a bit unnecessary and you have to be very very careful because then you might end up causing more injury than good and this also goes to say you cannot just do that kind of fasting and this is does not fasting basically needs to be done to be practiced with so much caution especially for people who have existing conditions or are with meds imagine if you are somebody who is living with a condition a condition like diabetes for instance and then you decide to go on a fast and you haven't spoken to your doctor about it you haven't spoken to anybody and uh, even just uh, your, your regular medicines a lot of these meds that you take for example you're supposed to take the meds probably take with food before or after and then you're not taking any food or you consider going on for long for those prolonged periods and there is something else going on so bottom line is prolonged fasting is not necessary at all and before you can start any fast any fast whatsoever and you're somebody who has a condition any kind of condition you need to talk to your health provider fast before you can get this started 
Now, if you are in any of these categories, it is not IF is not recommended for you. And this is if you are an individual with who has hormonal imbalances, if you are pregnant and breastfeeding, if this is a young child. So if you have an obese child, you don't practice IF for them, no. You find other ways, you see somebody else who can advise you on how you can help your child lose this weight, but you don't expose them or you don't put them through an intermittent fasting plan. An adult of advanced age, so we're talking about older adults, 65 years, 60, 65 years and above. If you have an immune deficiency, then the IF is not for you. If you have a, a history of a solid organ transplant, and because of that transplant, you have a medical, a, a resulting medical immunosuppression, you cannot do IF. If you have an eating disorder, you cannot do IF. Uh, if you have dementia, IF is not for you. Or if you have any other challenge that you feel or you think, or would, or one that would be exacerbated by pursuing uh, this planned fasting, okay? So that is as far as who can do it and who cannot. Now, another note that I need to to make now uh, on whether you should try intermittent fasting, you need you need to know that, and especially this is uh, for our context. So I'm in Kenya, so for the Kenyan context and uh, a lot of developing countries, we do not have a lot of evidence or data as far in uh, the effectiveness of IF is concerned in our context. A lot of the studies we are making reference to are from the Western countries, from China. So basically, um, many of these studies are not exactly generalizable. And I mean that in, in the sense of we, do, we have very diff different contexts. And so some of these things, we need to get more information in context that people can that we can relate to okay so that is one that is one downside of of the evidence that we currently have we need to have we need to get more and more of from people or from environments that have similar characteristics as ours the other thing is if is not at at its superior to any other diet and i say this because there are arguments and there are conflicts about or rather against if in the sense that as much as there have been many clinical trials, there hasn't been one that shows a significant improvement of IF over caloric restriction. In fact, it has been argued that the, the premise of uh, IF is, sim is, is simply calorie restriction. For example, the whole thing, the, the, the time-restricted uh, fasting, you remember we said, Evidence has not shown has shown it to not have a significant effect on weight reduction. A three percent was is considered not significant, and so the, what they have argued is that because of this, it is really not uh, about when you eat, but it's about how many calories you generally eat, which then would mean the the premise is reduced calorie intake okay so again this goes to say that even if you're going to practice IF you have to keep in mind that 
the bottom line is reduce the input okay the issue the the real thing here is not when you ate possibly when you ate because i mean the circadian rhythm has a way of influencing the body's response and and activity in response to what we do and uh, things we take in and metabolism and all of these things but over and beyond the time quantity and quality matters okay so the other thing you need to keep in mind is or or reasons why has been like some highlights over here now normally when you are for many people who have or rather many studies what has been documented with caloric restriction is most times when you're fasting a fourth to a third of weight reduction normally includes lean tissue loss okay so basically you're not just losing fat you're also losing uh, tissue and that is that happens with the calories and so if you are not going to have a proper protein replacement then you end up losing muscle which is not ideal and it actually ought to be avoided so what has been observed with um, using aware is that intermittent fasting it maintains or it preserves the lean mass so you don't lose unlike in caloric restriction where you lose muscle mass with aware you don't and this is a good thing because you want to be able to whatever plan you're using to weight loss you want to be able to maximize your loss of body fat but minimize the loss of lean mass or tissues okay or muscle mass i mean lean mass is muscle mass so that is a highlight for you you are going to lose less of the lean mass muscle mass you're going to maintain your muscle mass so that's definitely a tick tick Another tick tick for air is that it has been shown to be beneficial for patients who are have high insulin resistance and who are likely to develop diabetes. But most importantly, air has been shown to especially benefit people who are overweight and obese in as far as weight reduction is concerned. Now, on the contrary, or rather the other, the other side of that is that if you're a healthy person, IF may not really benefit you the same way it will benefit somebody who is either overweight or obese. But that's not to mean that there are no benefits for you whatsoever. So studies have shown that uh, IF can improve uh, health longevity uh, through changes in uh, metabolism in stress resistance in cognition reduction in oxidative stress and inflammation in the long term so again if you do choose to do IF these are some of the benefits that you would get even if your goal is not losing weight or even if you don't lose any weight at all these are some of the things that you would get you would be able to benefit from and so based on that um the reality of things is there is a very rapid growth in uh, overweight and obesity and for that reason i see if as a sensible 
strategy for reducing weight and especially among these people because it has been shown to work it has been shown to be uh, to help in this weight reduction and more so to sustain this weight reduction now what we need to keep in mind however is that there is no therapy that works in isolation okay so whether you're going to do AF, AF alone is not going to help you get the maximum benefits of or reach the, the objective that you want to reach. Because the other factors that affect weight, sleep for instance, physical activity, meds. So you have to think about your approach in your weight reduction journey. You have to think about your approach in the context of all the other things that happen and this is why it is not enough to just pick somebody's plan and run with it okay you need to have enough enough understanding of your you yourself of your environment of all the other factors that affect weight gain weight reduction and all those things and this is why it helps to have a why you may need a consult. Consult a nutritionist, consult a coach, consult somebody who can be able to guide you and advise you on what is ideal for you and for your journey to leading a healthier life. So, given everything that we have discussed, what do you think? Do you think intermittent fasting is a good fit for you? Do you wanna give it a try? Have you tried it? And if you have, are you able to share some of the experiences that you've had? What do you feel has been different? What do you, what changes have you felt? What changes have you seen? What do you have to say about intermittent fasting? Please uh, share. We'd love to hear your feedback. And this is where I end this episode. And uh, I hope you have learned something. I hope it's something you can come back to and make reference. And uh, I always say, in the face of any quote-unquote diet, learn more about it before you go ahead. Because sometimes these things also become a sensation. Eh? They're popularized so much that we think, ah, this is the way. But we don't know what is actually the way, right? So ask questions, learn as much as you can about it, and then only do it because... It is informed by reason and not the hype of it. All right? So thank you so much for being here today and for listening. I hope you've learned something new. Like I said at the beginning, please, please do share with your friends. Share with anybody who you think needs to hear this. Now, we are happy to be back. And so you can expect new episodes every Thursday. So do stay tuned. Please activate the notification bell. If you're listening on Spotify, if you're listening on on Apple Podcasts, wherever it is that you get your podcast, activate the notification bell. Then follow so that you get a, a notification or a reminder every time. And then also do rate the show because it's also one way to help other people find it. Please remember to go to our socials and leave your feedback there. And with that, 
until the next episode take care of yourselves and be good intermittent fasting is one of the things in investment is idea in terms of weight loss not uh, I, I credit uh, intermittent fasting na portion control as much as to exercise because uh in as a intermittent fasting men said ya control my cravings na pay men said ya inaitwaje inasaidia pia ku change taste buds angu na how i look at food na mostly pia portion control because right now nowadays i don't eat a lot because i compare how i was eating like two years ago na vile nakula saizi uh, it's a totally different So yeah, uh, I can accredit intermittent fasting. I usually practice it. I mean, okay, for me as a same it's usually most effective when okay, when I'm okay, kama niko what's this word I'm looking for? Kama when I'm not active. So when on weekends on when I'm that's when intermittent fasting works best for me. I'll wake up late like on a Saturday. I'll eat breakfast. So breakfast up to around kitu kama up to around usiku utapata i don't eat anything so i find that intermittent fasting works best for me kama when i'm not active but when i'm active inakuwa shida kidogo because i need to eat yeah so intermittent fasting inasema imenisaidia sana but also peer portion control because nowadays i don't okay nearly change how i eat so if it's food I stopped eating out of plates and I primarily now eat out of bowls. Okay, 90% of my diet haina sukari. Sugar unless maybe maybe once in a while sugar retreats maybe once in a while. So now I'm on trying to reduce starch uh, starch intake on to reduce my starch intake so like mostly greens proteins vituka hizo so vitu kama machapo huwa nimepunguza i now focus mostly on nitoje natural starches vitu kama ndoma ngwashe na if kama nikula kitu kama ma, something like rice i mostly to ugali i prefer ugali to rice yeah and also pia unajua salsa pia imenisaidia sana and i do salsa about three times a week So three times a week which ina kuanga almost 4 5 hours kwa dance floor that's almost 15 hours of salsa per week so yeah i can credit salsa pia kwa kunisaidia and also pia drinking a lot of water yeah